watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. I am Jason Leroy. My name is Rebecca Olarte and today we're going to look at three movies, Green Room, Sing Street, and Louder Than Bombs. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale with Binge It being our highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means... Life's too short for that, miss. Miss? Life's too short for that, miss. Ooh. Um, Tip of the hat. Top of the day to you. Hmm. How, uh, what's up with you, Jason? (laughs) That seamless segue. (laughs) What is up with you? (laughs) Input and feelings. What's up with me is that I feel very engaged in a very personal and intimate level by your segue. Yes. Thank you. Score. And thank you for asking. Uh, let's see. Well, this past weekend was a big drag bonanza uh, because it was the first ever Peaches Christ tribute to Spice World. Mm. And uh, so there were two shows at the Castro Theater on Saturday um, where uh, there was a live drag stage play uh, reenactment slash skewering of Spice World. The whole um, movie? Yeah, basically the entire movie, wow. which 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 was yeah. At the end of it, Joshua was like, "What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> Signing on to do seven numbers?" That's uh, crazy because they did like all the musical performances from the movie, and uh, and and that's 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 a lot uh, mm-hmm, for a Peaches mm-hmm. Christ production. Um, but they had an all star international cast. Peaches played uh, Ginger. Honey Mahogany played Scary. The one and only Katya. Uh, played Baby, and then two wonderful UK queens, Cheddar Gorgeous and Anaphylactic, played hmm. uh, played Sporty and Posh. So it was very cool. I attended the three o'clock as just someone in the audience, and then I stayed at the at the theater the entire day because I volunteered for the eight o'clock one. Mm, what did you do? Uh, I was an usher up in the balcony, and uh, and they they say when they're training you like you are going to be spending the next like few hours telling people where the bathroom is, and I was like, <laughs> surely that can't be true, and that's it, literally the only thing you do. Oh wow! Uh, like just lots of, and especially for the eight p.m. show for like a drag show is like the drunk hour. Oh, so everyone's yeah. like had drinks beforehand, or possibly has been drinking since brunch. And it's just on an unbroken streak, and they need to piss real bad. And uh, so lots of just panic drunk eyes <laughs> kind of coming at you. Which you're used to. I am. I am. But not in the context of this. Yeah. Uh, you, know, in, you know, in the boudoir, yes, but not, <laughs> not, not when I'm volunteering. That's where the panic really strikes. It is. It is. Uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool uh, just to spend the whole day watching the show evolve from the rougher matinee performance to the more mm. polished 8 p.m. performance. And, uh, and there was just some great inspired comic mayhem. Katya interpreted Baby Spice as um, an adult baby fetishist. Oh. Yes. Uh, so basically asking the question of, like, well, why were we all okay with Baby Spice? Why were we all cool with like a grown woman mm. whose whole thing was like, you know, sucking your thumb and wearing your hair up in pigtails? So they kind of took it to the next logical drag obscene step and were like, this is an adult person who likes to shit themselves. So... Oh, is that what drag does? Is about? Uh, well, I think drag theater is about that and certainly San Francisco mm. drag and certainly Peaches Christ drag. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, so, I and, need to uh, see more of it. 
I don't know enough about it. I think you would have a great time. And the next one they're going to do is She-Devil. Ooh. Starring Sharon Needles and Peaches Christ. Uh, so that'll be a good one. As well as Mommy Queerest, their huh. Mommy Dearest adaptation. Since, <laughs> since Mommy Dearest isn't gay enough. Nope. Time to queer it up some more. Turn it up. Uh, and we are going to be having Joshua Grinnell, a.k.a. Beatus Christ, on the show. Can't uh, wait. Again, uh, I believe next week to talk about the movie High Rise. So we are looking forward to bringing him back to the show for his second appearance. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Although, FYI, there is dog violence in that movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So just brace yourself now. Well, get started now. Good to know. Yes, don't 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 cry in front of Joshua. Don't embarrass yourself. I can't. I can't <laughs> let him see me cry. No, don't show. Never show a drag queen your weakness. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Let's be be big for a bear and then never let a drag queen see your weakness. Yes, that's. I think that's the thing. Those, so those, are, the, the, the those are nature survival tips. Well, that's, this kind of leads into what's in, up with me. If well, I mean, done. I was going to ask, but uh, I mean, but if you're it leads just gonna, in naturally. Oh, a natural segue as opposed to the last one. <laughs> Um, What's up with you? Next week, thank you for asking. Next week, one of the movies we're going to see, in addition to High Rise, one that's more animal friendly, is Keanu. And this week, I was able to engage with the director on Twitter. I was very mm-hmm. excited. The director from uh, of uh, Keanu, um, his name is Peter Atencio, and he made this viral video back in like 2010 or 2009 or something, which is one of the funniest videos on YouTube. The I early have YouTube years ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I would say like mid YouTube years. Well, I guess we yeah. don't know how long YouTube's going to be around. Exactly. But like, <laughs> forever. Right. Um, and YouTube was really hitting its stride around this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's this video called Immortal Dog, and we'll link to it in in our um, probably next week's episode. Yeah. Um, but if you, in the meantime, look it up, I die. I laugh so hard every time I see it. She just showed it to me, and it is one minute of explosive laughter. That's guaranteed. So good. So check that out. I was really jazzed. I've been having like very like attainable Twitter wins with like <laughs> people that aren't like super famous, but who I really respect engaging with me on Twitter and I, I'm just plucking along with my seven followers getting uh, retweets and likes from different authors and comedians at, I like at Billie Jean King for real <laughs> <laughs> woman's an icon <laughs> oh man so that's what's up with me. I'm still riding that. It was a. It was that's a, a fine. And there's there's no greater little thrill than just looking at your phone and seeing that notification that like that semi-famous person wrote back to you. Right. Mm. The band Fear of Men retweeted something I wrote. Oh. I love them. Oh Comedian Emily Heller. <gasps> she's hilarious. She's so funny. I know. I think I think she is the one who opened when we saw Broad City Girls at Great American Music Hall. Oh, like, really? Two years ago. Oh, yeah. that sounds like a, something I should have been invited to, but wasn't. <laughs> Um, she also like I'm responsible for telling you about events. Everything. She's uh, on one of my favorite podcasts, which is Baby Geniuses. Mm. So funny. It's her and uh, the animator Lisa Hannawalt oh. from BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me I, I should look. That so up. good. Highly recommend that. I just started listening to Two Dope Queens, which, by the way, you would love. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, Jessica Williams from The Daily Show. Oh, I love her. Yeah, and then her comedy partner is Phoebe Robinson. And um, so it, it has some similarities to Another Round, which I know you're a fan of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of like, it's just them doing these stand-up nights at um, at a space in Brooklyn. So like they host it, and they bring up like three com- uh, comedy friends to do sets, and they're just kind of like bantering in between. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's really, really funny. Two dope queens. But until then, you guys better stay here and listen to the rest of this Don't podcast. Don't 
Here's you fucking dare. Speaking of being uh, threateningly trapped, let's start with our first movie, which is the pick of the week. We're going to start off on a high note. Pick of the week, Green Room. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick, pick, pick is the pick, pick of, of the week. week. After witnessing a murder, a punk rock band is forced into a vicious fight for survival against a group of maniacal skinheads. You can't keep us here. You gotta let us go. We're not keeping you. You're just staying. We're so fucking dead, guys. What do we do? Oh, shit. This will be over soon, gentlemen. Oh my god, this movie looks like a window into a possible nightmare future. Is it like a group of Bernie bros get trapped by a group of vicious Trump supporters? <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that in the sense that it is two extremes coming to a collision, yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, and in the sense that there's a, a potentially obvious connection between Trump supporters and neo-Nazis, then yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> also mm-hmm. in that sense. Uh, so yeah, so what we have here is just a tale as old as time about, uh, you know, Nazi trying to kill punkers. And that's mm-hmm. all it is, really. You know, I mean, like, we've seen it before. Just See kidding. it again. Just kidding, we haven't seen it before. It's new. <laughs> it's new. It's new. Yay. It's a new kind of movie. It's, I mean, it's not a new kind of movie, but it's a new story. It's fresh. Um, and it is committed and it is brutal. Terrifying. It's, I mean, it's very, yeah, there's kind of a, a very like sort of visceral dread and terror of, of that you feel watching this movie because a lot of it is just anticipating immediate, painful, violent death. Uh-huh. So, uh, so pretty much a standard date night, um, <laughs> did, I would say. Did you just Imogene Poot? <laughs> You know, I didn't think the mic would have caught that, but thank you for calling attention to it. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, you know who did make me Imogen uh, Putin in this movie is is Patrick Stewart. Oh right. So I think we've gotten to the point where we just think Patrick Stewart is just this like adorable old man who is in like you know a long term like non sexual romance with Ian McKellen. Right, and, and he dresses up as a lobster and gets high and sits in the bathtub. Exactly. Like we think that he is just this adorable old fop. Uh, whose who's sort of, you know, late in life romps have just touched all of us. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wouldn't have thought, you know, you tell me, hey, Patrick Stewart's playing like a scare neo-Nazi. You know, I would have been like, I'm sure that maybe that would work. But I mean, it's going to take a lot for me to believe that. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. He's so scary. Oh, wow. He is so scary in this movie. Uh, he goes there. Um, like I feel like, and he's having the time of his life <laughs> playing uh-huh. this role because you know, other than of course his most iconic role on Star Trek, you know, I I don't know that there are like that many things I would point to and be like, oh, you know, Patrick Stewart was great in. You know, I feel mm-hmm, like he's mm-hmm. kind of he was like a stage actor. Yeah, he's a stage actor, and and you know, he has his big sci-fi claim to fame. But like to see him get a chance to really like sink his teeth into a role as meaty and deranged as this one is 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 great to see. The Patrick Stewart we've all been waiting for. Yes, yes, all those years. It's like, you know what I want to see that guy do? <laughs> Be a murderous neo-Nazi. Um Lavar Burton, you're next. We're also looking for you. <laughs> yes, um, I'm not going to plus one that one. No. No. Uh-huh. Rebecca alone wants to see Lavar Burton play a murderous neo-Nazi. Just saying, I think it would be a new story. <laughs> would be. That's true. So the 
bringing up Patrick Stewart, the similarities between this and te- 10 Cloverfield Lane are, are pretty strong. You have the Patrick Stewart, John Goodman tie. Mm-hmm. You have this sort of feeling of being trapped in imminent death. Mm-hmm. Um, it even has like a similar kind of like a greenish wash over the kind of mm-hmm. the look of the movie. Yeah, the um, filter. The same, the same Hefe or Lo-Fi filter has been applied <laughs> to both. And then you have these like protagonists who aren't going to just sit there and take it. Right. So yeah. how do you how do you think these two movies compare? I think that the main difference is that there's never any question in green room. Um, once uh, once the threat is established, mm-hmm. then it there's never any question of like, oh no, I maybe is there maybe there's been a misunderstanding. Maybe there are good guys. Maybe they're protecting them from some kind of outside threat. Not the case. Okay. Um, it is it is unambiguously a very dire situation from pretty early on in the movie and there's never a moment so it's just purely survival so it's not like them trying to um, adjust to their new surroundings like in Tanglerfield Lane just trying to like play along mm-hmm. and and just like you know oh as long as we just do what they ask us to do it'll be okay oh I like see. that that's not the case here like they're they are being hunted to be murdered and they're trapped in the green room and and death is is imminent Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I think it's a lot, it's a lot darker by far than 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it's also a lot more action packed, um, oh, okay. because it's, it's basically, it's, it's sort of a chase movie, but in a really confined finite space, Ooh. um, just trying to find ways. Cause it's like they, they were booked to play this like new Nazi compound for some reason. Um, and, um, you know, which is a story unto itself, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be like a, a funny, you know, like viral offshoot of this movie to be like, who's the booker? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I'm firing that guy. And, uh, and so they're playing this compound and then there's basically just them trying to find ways, like, can they get out of this room? And it, once they're out of the room, can they like, just try to avoid being, you know, killed by some, you know, pack of crazed Nazi dogs or mm. Nazi with a fucking, uh, chain uh, you know chain hammer or whatever the fuck like it's chain, chain hammer chain hammer i'm going to i'm, I'm going to go with that i was like i'm having a i'm still Allison guys uh chainsaw that's a thing right a chainsaw chainsaw that's like a it's like a machine <laughs> where the chain goes around right. real fast and it cuts down trees i think a chainsaw comes in in it makes play. it like zzz, zzz, yeah kind of yeah noise. that that yeah mm-hmm. i believe that they've have they've had massacres of them in texas they have, if i'm not if i'm not mistaken it was a thing in the 70s there could have been a chain hammer i'm not sure it's a lot of medieval looking shit that gets busted out in this movie and uh so and i would say another difference is that like these punk kids are punk kids mm-hmm. so like they have a lot of attitude mm. and so it's kind of like it's it's you're not just watching this kind of unsuspecting random girl you know get abducted and then try to like get by by her wits like these are like punky punk kids okay and so they're kind of like fuck you you know about the whole thing right um from the very beginning and so uh so it's sort of a a formidable throwdown um between punk attitude and nazi sass (laughs) would you just imaging poot again (laughs) please it's so embarrassing who directs this one What's his name? Jeremy. <laughs> uh, can't, it's not coming to me. You're like, Jeremy it's... Chainhammer. Uh, Jeremy Solnier uh, directed this, and he also did Blue Ruin, uh, which was a huge uh, breakout indie that everybody who saw loved. And uh, But it was a lot more refined. Um, it was a lot more sort of restrained. It was very violent. Um, but first of all, do you recommend we go back and see that one? Yeah, absolutely. If it. you haven't seen Blue Ruin, I really recommend it. It's fantastic. 
um, and uh, it won a special prize at Cannes the year that it showed there. Mm. It's it's a it's a fantastic film, but uh, and but it was a really it was very much an art house thriller though. It had a lot of silence, a lot of quiet moments, and uh, which added to its cumulative effect. But Green Room is just a balls to the wall like grindcore movie. Mm-hmm. Like it 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 does not fuck around. And but it's also still very smart. Like it's still very smart the way that it's done. And uh, you know, so it really it work it's bracing. It does not flinch. Um and it is just like you are so exhilarated by the end of it. I mean you you go through it watching mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, along with its characters and uh and yeah it's just a really it, it's just a fucking adrenaline shot of a movie fantastic it is the pick of the week so make sure to go check it out green room is out now and it's rated r for strong brutal graphic violence gory images language and some drug content uh it's all downhill from here guys um number two is the movie sing street a teenage boy growing up in dublin during the 1980s escapes his strained family life and oppressive catholic school culture by starting a band. We need to form a band. Oh. Connor's putting a band together. Oh, good Jesus. You'd play every instrument on to my client. Probably. Show sure. It's all about the girl, isn't it? What's this? Homework. I have school in the morning. This is school. So we have another movie about a band. Um, how does this band compare to the, uh, the kids in Green Room? Uh, well, like the kids in Green Room, this band uh, is attempting to overcome dire odds uh, <laughs> to exist. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yes. And especially there, there is an older male authority figure in each story uh, who attempts to stop them from existing. Mm, but on different levels of magnitude. Yeah. I would think. Um, correctly. The director of this is John Carney, and he did Once and Begin Again. How how does this one compare to those, or is this just like Begin Once Again? That's a good one, Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, it's this is the same dude, and uh, and he still just has a fucking boner for music. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm just like I'm like I like music, but this guy likes music so much that I'm just like, dude, it's just fucking music. Wow, <laughs> like, is it that good? Um, and I mean, yes, yes, it is. But he has such like a, a dopey, like wide eyed reverence for the power of making music that mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, right. That's not. And, I've, and I've, music's ability to get the girl. And music's ability to get the girl. So um, and he just like he really loves a story about white people singing in the street. Like he just thinks there's not a problem in the world. It can't be solved by like some spontaneous like white folks singing in like an alley with like an impromptu band set up. You know who doesn't usually like that? Non-white folk. <laughs> that shit gets old. Well, I guess since this guy's films have you know mainly taken place in Ireland, uh, mm. that it's less of a less of a conflict there. Um, so if you're Irish and can you, you can tweet at us and ask and tell us yes, if that's a big thing there, David. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, David. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the difference, the biggest difference between this and his first two films is that it is very playful. Um, mm. It's very fun. It is just pure 100% crowd pleaser. Uh, you know, as as much as I, you know, was like, all right, get a hold of yourself uh, movie. I also was, you know, like I was smiling for most of the movie. Mm. And even though I was like in my mind, like, 
stop smiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's trying too hard to make you smile. <laughs> um, you know, so it's really, it's just a, it's a lot more since the characters are young, you know, these are the, 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 all the protagonists of this film are like teenage boys and, and they're just, you know, depicted in all of their foolishness. Mm-hmm. And uh, as opposed to once, which was a very solemn, a uh, very self-serious, you mm-hmm. know, musical about, uh, you know, grim faced white people, bonding over music <laughs> and uh and then begin again uh you know which was uh sort of a romantic drama of sorts about well, not even a romantic drama but just you know like on the rocks music industry guy finds budding female singer songwriter and you know hitches his wagon to her and just you know tries who's to who's in that one again that's Keira knightley and mark ruffalo oh yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. so uh so this on the other hand is just purely just 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 a romp um and it definitely has its serious beats but by and large, it is, uh, it's just a lot more fun than his last two movies. But it's nothing new, right? It's teenage underdogs, get, make a band, fight the bullies, get the girl. Yeah. That's like, that's like a, that's like a very familiar story. It is. It is. It's the story. It's the story. Yeah. And, uh, so, and that was my biggest beef with this movie was that it just didn't feel especially fresh. Uh, it, it's, it's such an archetypal kind of, uh, depiction of, uh, of a band mm-hmm. forming and why a band forms. Right. And, uh, it, it just, I was like, okay, well like, yep, seen this before. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's done with a lot of heart and a lot of energy. Um, but for me, it just couldn't shake that kind of familiar vibe. What is the, this is like early eighties. Yeah. It takes place in the eighties. UK music scene is it like Ireland, 80s nostalgia Dublin. yeah it has a lot of fun with that it has a lot of fun with showing uh so you know the whole impetus this main character Connor um as the film begins has no connection to music whatsoever uh but one day he is watching TV and he sees the video for Rio by Duran Duran mm. and um and is just so besotted with these visions of beautiful women uh, the next day, he randomly approaches um, this beautiful girl hanging out near his school and just on the spot says, like, oh, I'm in a band and I would like to put you in our video. And she says, OK, like, I'll do it. And then he's like, I have to start a band. So, you know, and then he kind of goes on this journey of learning about music and kind of getting this education on what's out there. And we go, we see him go through all these kind of funny over the top makeovers as mm-hmm. he like goes through these different, uh, you know, from like the flock of seagulls moment to the cure moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he calls himself a futurist. Whenever anyone asks what his genre is, uh, and you know, aligns himself with the new romantics, mm. uh, so uh, yeah, so it, it definitely has a lot of fun playing uh, with that. But at the same time, it almost feels more. Mm, I feel like it breaks with a kind of kitchen sink realism vibe of the movie, showing the, these makeovers because I'm like, where would this kid get the this stuff? The stuff, yeah, uh, to give himself these looks. But you know, that that's kind of uh, splitting hairs a little. Uh, so, but yeah, it does have a lot of fun, um, playing with just like, yeah, what these different musical scenes were in like in Dublin in the mid eighties. Mm. Not really my jam. No. Yours? Um. Do they the, dress up like Kate Bush? <laughs> they don't dress up like Kate Bush. No. Kate Bush is not brought up. Um, sadly, to the film's great, uh, loss and detriment. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, it, it's kind of fun. I mean, like I, I, there, there, I feel a lot of nostalgia for that era mostly nostalgia that i picked up much later in life because yeah. i was too young at the time to appreciate like the cure or the smiths or whatever um so so it's it's kind of funny in retrospect but it's just like a cutesy thing the movie does um what are you giving this movie uh, i'm giving it consume moderation okay 
um, you know, it is, it is, you know, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and as I said, you know, it has a lot of heart and a lot of energy and it's a lot more, I would in a heartbeat watch this film again, much more than his previous two films. Mm-hmm. Nothing against once in particular, cause I know that's a movie that really touched a lot of people and it gave us falling slowly mm. that song. Um, but, uh, but no, and yeah, it's a fun movie, but it's just not fresh enough for me to really, um, give it our highest rating. Okay. Um, so that's Sing Street. It is out now and it's rated PG-13 for thematic elements, including strong language. Uh, the last movie of the week is Louder Than Bombs. A fractious family of a father and his two sons confront their different feelings and memories of their deceased wife and mother, a famed war photographer. Family, they love you. You can feel it. And you love them too. More than anything. So the director of this movie is a distant relative of Lars von Trier. Mm, look out! Um, yeah. So anything in the anything in the bloodline? Anything? Should I be freaking out? No, there is nothing even remotely von Trier about this okay. this film. Uh, I mean, I guess in the sense that it is sort of the quiet moments in a von Trier movie. Mm. This is basically just those. Sliced uh, and then put all together. Yes, without all like the big operatic scenes of like over the topness uh, that that mark his films. Uh, this is this is this is a small moments movie. This is uh, the first English language film by this director who's mm-hmm. Norwegian, and uh, and it's it plays like I don't know. It plays like a lot of movies that we've seen about uh, broken families, uh, trying to rally after, uh, you know, dramatic events and after loss and grief. And, uh, you know, it has that kind of somewhat Sundancey indie family drama vibe to it, except for it's done very, very, very quiet, understated kind of nonlinear, uh, way with a few little sort of artsy flourishes here and there. Um, the cast is stellar. You have um, Isabel Cabert. You have um, Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should do that. And uh, Jesse Ryan. Eisenberg. Amy Ryan as well. Amy Ryan. Yes, um, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg is in everything right now. Um, do you like him? I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan. I can like him. Uh, mm. I certainly did not like him in... Well, I guess I kind of liked him in, in Batman Superman. He was kind of, you know, he, he made it more interesting when he was on screen. But okay. And I, I, I liked him a lot in the end of the tour. Uh, I mm. thought he was really fantastic in that. And in this, he might give possibly my favorite performance of his because oh, wow. he it's like the least Jesse Eisenberg that he's been in a movie. Okay. He really dials down the like neurotic little quirks uh, mm. and ticks that he has uh, in most movies. Uh, yeah, I just saw the trailer for the new Woody Allen movie oh, that he's yeah. in where he's full Eisenberg. Oh, yeah, which is to be full Woody Allen, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's exactly. Playing, presumably he's playing Woody Allen's on-screen surrogate, mm-hmm. which is a character that almost inevitably is played like Woody Allen, unless right. you have like Owen Wilson playing it, in right. which case like he just can't. <laughs> he cannot. He can't turn like it up Woody. that high. No, but... So yeah, he actually has it turned down. He he's really effective in this movie. Um, it's it's a really beautiful performance from him. And uh, as everyone in the movie is fantastic, Gabriel Byrne has not had a role of this quality in a long time. Um, and Devin Druid plays the younger brother of mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg, and mm-hmm. he is 
probably the best performance in the movie. And then Isabelle Huppert <laughs> is always a fucking dream to watch, um, even when she's kind of dead when the movie starts, like she is in this uh, one. Yes. Um, speaking of which, is this is like the second movie we've seen this year. Well, I haven't seen this one, but um, where there is a pretty crazy car crash is this one as joey is this one as jolting as the other we've seen not by a long shot no um so we don't really see we see um the younger son imagining the car accident oh okay um and it happens in slow motion and it's not um it's not bloody possibly because the son's imagining it Mm -hmm. and he can't bring himself to picture that but right so it's just a very slow motion image of like Isabelle Huppert, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, being like, you know, a thrown forward and glass breaking and flying through the air. So, you know, it's, it's not by any, it's nowhere near the one in 10 Cloverfield Lane, not by a long shot. Um, so no, this is not one of those. And it's also not one of those ones that like makes you panic every time you're watching a movie or TV show and they show that one angle, someone sitting in a car and you can see like the yes. window over their shoulder and you're like, they're going to get hit by a car! <laughs> you won't get T-boned! <laughs> Look out! Uh, so yeah, it doesn't, doesn't reinforce that, uh, which is which is nice of it. That's good. Yeah. Um, there was another small moments movie this year about like family and, and, and lies and trust, uh, which was 45 Years um, mm-hmm. with Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. How does this compare to that? It's not as claustrophobic. Um, it has a bigger cast, and so there's more going on. Um, it's similar in the sense that they both kind of repeatedly hammer home the same theme over and over again, and use you know different sort of like you know visual metaphors to support that theme. Uh, so, but uh, you know this is this is a more this is somewhat more experimental in its direction. Mm. Um, it has more sort of little flights of fancy moments, and some of the moments, especially the smaller moments, are they really do land and you feel that moment of connection as a viewer were like oh i recognize that like that's a real thing i haven't seen the movie articulate that kind of moment before but it's just it's almost like the 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 sum is uh is less than the parts uh, uh, uh for, for the for this film and this is the first time that i did not take a single note when i was watching oh. the movie so especially when I'm watching a screener, which was the case with this one, I am always like, I, I take that as a privilege because I'm like, oh, I'm not sitting in movie theater. I'm mm-hmm. sitting by myself. So I can just like t- take notes the entire time and like have a much more detailed response to this movie. I did not write down a single fucking thing while I was watching this movie, which has never happened. Wow. Like it just didn't like it so never. that could say a lot of things. Were you so engrossed? No, I was not so engrossed. No response. No response. I just had no response. I was mm-hmm. like, Okay. Like, I was just kind of like a dial tone for the movie. Like, it just didn't, you know, like, it, it's not bad. It just, like, didn't really... So is it, like, Jungle Booky? <laughs> um, Kind of. I mean, at least ha- I had things to say about the Jungle Book. Like, as I, you know, walking out of the theater, like, I, you are know... animals real? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> CGI? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Talk. Witchcraft? <laughs> How long tigers be talking? <laughs> Evolution? Question mark. Age of boy? Yeah, no. Um, Which is so... autocompletes for you. <laughs> yes, yes. And then starts making this weird ringing noise. <laughs> and then some people came and took me away. Um, no, uh, yeah. I just, I just like for that one. I still was like, oh, okay. I have some like little like thoughts in my head that I'm gonna like splash on my little notes app afterward, which is my usual process when I see a movie in a theater because I'm not gonna be that asshole sitting there during the movie. 
you know, like writing notes out on my phone and mm. nor am I going to carry a notebook into the theater. So, but no, I was like, I just had nothing. I had nothing to say. I guess I just felt like there was just nothing that I was seeing that was making me feel like, oh, that's something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have something pithy to say about that. Like, <laughs> no, uh, I, I was just, it was just a flat. It was a very flat viewing experience for me. Hmm. So what are you going to give it? Uh, consume moderation. Okay. Um, you know, like it's still, you know, it's beautifully acted. And um, and there's some intriguing directorial choices that are made. It's just too quiet and it's kind of flat. Um, so Louder Than Bombs is out now and it's rated R for language, some sexual content, nudity, and violent images. So that's it for this episode. It's a short episode, but we have something special for you this week. We sure do. So make sure to listen to our other episode featuring um, uh, my sit-down interview with Susan Sarandon and Lorene Scafaria about the great new comedy, The Meddler. Uh, which I guess I actually should have made the pick of the week. Um, week, but, sir. Well, it comes out next week here. Yeah, technically, yeah. Next week it comes out here. So we'll probably talk about it again next week just to remind everybody. Um, so we're running it this week because this is the week that opens in New York and L.A. Um, and it will be our pick of the week for next week. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're, we were super excited to get to do that interview. And uh, we hope that you will check out that episode wherever you found this one. Exactly. You should see it pop up. So be sure if you if it doesn't pop up automatically, then that means you're not subscribed. So please go ahead and subscribe. Um, if you want to chat with us, um, Jason's on Twitter at the Jason Leroy. And I am at Fight Balance. Thanks so much. Bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There goes the binge. binge.